Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. With me today, I have Jim Tam. He is a Principal Client Director with Corn Ferries Digital Group, where he advises organizations on how to improve their sales effectiveness through using world-class sales methodology and technology. I have Ed Samuel. He's a career coach at Sam Nova, where he helps mid to senior level leaders get to a better place, whether they are working or in transition. And I have Simon Coles. He's the CEO of M4 Research Systems, where they free scientists from the tyranny of paper. He is also the founder of Better Conversations Foundation. Quiet quitting. Let's talk about it. Ed, kick us off. This whole notion of quiet quitting, I believe quiet quitting has been around a long time. In the last year, we decided to put a label on. And these are people, uh, as a rule, that are disenfranchised with where they're working to such an extent that they're that they kind of go in cruise mode or they go in no work mode which is even worse um, because quiet quitting can take many different forms you're not going to volunteer you're not going to initiate no you're not going to um, ask the additional question no you're not going to uh, do that extra thing you're not going to go outside your job description my issue uh, is some of that's true and some of it the employee owns uh, but some of it, and I say more than 50% of it, is the lack of leadership at a company that creates this situation to begin with. So I'm not the one that's going to say that it's quite quitting. Oh, look at all these people being bad out there, all these bad employees not wanting to work. I think there is a leadership uh, mm. fault uh, at a company where it, they've become so ineffective that uh, employees basically just give up. So, so I, think there, I think there's two edges to this sword. I think it's about expectations. Of course, the press got hold of it, and of course, they want to print stuff, and a lot of it was nonsense. Quiet quitting, to some extent, is just, in most cases, running to your contract. And there is nothing wrong with that. However, we have got ourselves into a place where sometimes employers expect more than they pay for from employees, which I, I think is, is wrong. But also on the flip side, I would be quite upset if the people working for me didn't want to do the job. And particularly when people are working from home, you need a fair amount of intrinsic motivation. And it's my job to create an environment where people want to come to work and they're excited about what they're doing. And in that situation, as, as I was saying, basically, if, if I find quiet quitting, then I probably failed at my job. But just generally, I think the whole term is a load of nonsense. It's just press trying to get, just trying to get a thing and it all whips up and then some bunch of people create a conference about quiet quitting and people make some money out of it. Because that's, it's been happening for ages. To Jim, do a better I, job of being a manager. Yeah, I do agree with Ed and Simon as well. It's been around for a very long time. We just put a label on it. So, and you really think about quiet quitting because it really does apply to white collar workers. If you're mm. a blue collar worker that can pay by the hour and you're in the assembly line and you only get paid to work until five and you get off the clock at five, nobody says, hey, you're quiet quitting because you're not putting in more hours. Hmm. With white collar workers, they tend to say, hey, well, how come you're not giving more than what you signed up for? But I also take a look at input versus output. And quiet quitting should be measured by output. I don't, as, a, as an employer, should I care that my employee is only giving me 30% of his abilities or his time if he is delivering on the output or she's delivering on the output that I paid that person to do? I guess in sales, then the role that I've already played for the last 25 years, I don't care if my sales guys are on the golf course or on the beach. If they're making their goals, should I ask them to sell more? That's yes. me, perhaps not get higher goals. 
it's yeah, not, exactly. Not, How do you set the on their, on their output? Yeah, and I, I think especially for creative people, quiet quitting is a real dangerous thing. If you're really doing creative stuff, you can't turn your brain off. Quite often, most things happen in the shower, and very few of us shower and work time. I like this comment about uh, incentives, and, and there's a story where uh, someone, uh, a very uh, well-to-do person, runs a retail store, hires some people to come in hourly, and what would happen was uh, this person would be making $15 an hour, maybe. They were selling jewelry at this retail store for thousands of dollars. And this $15 an hour person would actually convince people to come here, look at the jewelry, buy it. Uh, I said to her, do you get paid commission? I said, no. I said, well, why don't you ask your boss if you get paid commission? And because you should get, some, like, even if it's 1%, 2%, anything. And she went and she spoke to the boss, the owner of this retail. No, I don't pay commission. She sort of to quietly quit. And guess what happened? Jewelry sales went down because that person didn't want to give her a little bit of the incentive. She wanted all of it. Incentives can 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 mean something to someone, especially if they think someone else is you know benefiting from and that happens. brings up the other term which is called acting your wage. Hmm. Yeah, I mean I, I think $15 an hour for a high-end salesperson is probably not what you should be paying. But for example, around the incentives, some companies don't pay commission. We don't pay our salespeople commission. We pay team-based commission because that's the behavior that we want to incentivize. And I think, was it Digital Equipment Corporation or someone famously didn't pay commission to their salespeople because they essentially wanted their salespeople to do the right long-term thing, not go for particular commission boundaries. I, it's kind of difficult. And I think one of the things is, is humanity. If you've got somebody working for you, you should be paying attention to their motivation and what motivates them and make sure that you understand and talk to them about what's important to you and what's important to them and, and tailor a situation where they're motivated. If you want to treat people as a box or a robot, then I don't blame the person for quite quitting. Yeah, I think about the number of stolen work hours I had when I worked in corporate and the amount of time, energy, and effort that I put into that made money for really big corporations. Because I worked in some really big banking industries and one of the big three auto industry, they were stealing from me because I was a really good employee. And so I totally feel people who are like, I will act my wage, I will do the job to the best of my ability during my work hours. But other than that, don't steal my time. This is the advantage of smaller companies is we can focus in on and we can create an environment to get the best out of people. And I think that big companies to a great extent are just terrible places to be because they don't have the attentional flexibility mm. to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's what you see in the quiet quitting stories, isn't it? It's big in the big corporations usually. I do want to say, focus on something Simon said about leadership. It is about to, it's about leadership painting the picture and incentivizing the person to do more. And that should be something that is viewed as positive as opposed to an expectation. If an employee does more, it should not be an expectation. It should be something that should be incentivized and rewarded later on. But it's up for the leadership to paint that picture of why that person should do a little bit more. I'm okay paying somebody, you know, to do what they're expected to do. But if they show me that they can do a little bit more, then I may give them a little bit more in terms of title, responsibility. We've done a quick yeah. hit where I asked, how do you go above and beyond without it becoming the norm where that's what they expect? I have a client who was working 16 hours a day because they had a project that was going out and it became expected and they just started loading work on her where she would work 16 hours a day and it was like that's not okay either no. and that would be illegal in europe 
Mm. Quiet quitting is the law in France, sort of thing. Spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. I think that you guys brought up a good idea is that quiet quitting is the leadership's fault. Employees creating boundaries and saying, I'm not doing any more for you is a leadership thing. And not that I think that anybody should expect someone to work 16 hours a week. I don't. So I have a, I have a slightly different thing and it's about life stages. If you are a young, fresh graduate with not a lot of other responsibilities, I, I think it's reasonable to expect you to be pretty damn committed to your job and to be investing in your career mm-hmm. above and beyond what you might be doing at work or contracted for. But once you become a parent and particularly a mum, I think it's perfectly appropriate to expect your contribution to work to be within very strict boundaries. I'm not sure if I totally agree with that, Simon. I think uh, it is should be based on the job, not because of your profile. It's like that person says, oh, you're not married, so maybe you can work the holidays. Just because you are young doesn't mean that you should give more time than somebody who's experienced. Well, they can do what they want. I can't force them to work any further. But just as you were saying, it's like, you want to get ahead? You want to grow your career? Don't expect me to be the one that's investing in your career. And the only improvement you get in your life is because I send you on two weeks training a year. I would be expecting the youngsters to be spotting opportunities and taking them. That will involve going above and beyond what's in their job title, because otherwise, how do I know what they're capable of? You're paying them to do a job. You're not paying them to stay. Well, and that, that's forever. a good point, is that you could pay them to do a job and they want to may want to grow. I had a job when I was younger, but I was like, I do my job and I go play volleyball and I do my job yeah. really, really well. Those are two different things. Do you want a job and you want to grow in that career? Or do you want a job that just funds your life? And those are two separate questions. And that is our 10 minutes. So I'm going to have to cut us off there because we could talk about this forever. Thank you so much. I look forward to speaking to each of you again really soon.